Hello, greetings. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for spending some time with us and giving us the gift of that time as we continue to explore what God has made known in Christ and through Scripture. My name is Ethan and I work with the Venice Church of Christ and we'd love to be of assistance and encouragement to you in your faith. Please let us know what you think about what we're talking about today in the comments. Please subscribe to us and if we can be of any service further, please reach out to us at VeniceChurchOfChrist.org or on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. For today, I'd like to consider if you are a Christian who assembles with a church, why do you assemble? What are the reasons that motivate your assembling? I'd love for you to spend some time thinking about the answers that you would give to that question. If someone's going to ask you, that, hey, why do you go to that church? Or why do you go to church? How would you answer them? Maybe your answer has something to do with, well, I go to church to worship God. And we can understand why that would be a very common answer. We understand that we are to go and devote ourselves to God's purposes. There is a lot of confusion in the world about the way the word worship works. That many times in, in the Old and New Testaments, the word being used for worship is the uh, word used for prostration or rendering obeisance. When somebody physically uh, prostrates before uh, the presence of God or before another person. Uh, there is another word that is often used that often talks about ministry and service, and that also often gets defined as worship. In the English language, worship can mean either or both of those things. We do come together to glorify God. We come together to offer service to God. We should come together in order to do things that provide that glory to honor to God, while also, of course, in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, encouraging one another. So certainly, our coming together should be dedicated to God's service. But that's also true of the rest of our lives, right? We are to be a living and holy sacrifice at all times in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And that is our, uh, our service, our ministration. That word in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 at the end there is the same word uh, that is often translated for worship. That is that ministerial service. So yes, we are absolutely to come together to serve and glorify God. Maybe your answer was, well, I go to church because that's just what I'm used to doing. I, sh I go because it's become my habit. That's just what I do. It's a very understandable answer as well. Uh, there's a lot of power and value in that concept of habit. We certainly do well to get ourselves into good habits. And we preachers will often try to encourage Christians to get in those kind of habits. And of course, as a habit, it's a good habit to be into. But just because you get into a habit doesn't mean that the thing you're doing habitually is really accomplishing the purpose that you want it to do. We should go to church for more than just because it's a habit. We should make it a habit, perhaps, but why should it be a habit? Why uh, should we be doing this? Why is this a good thing uh, and something we should do uh, consistently? Well, you can also say, well, uh, church is just part of who I am. And that's a, actually a really good answer. Going to church should be a part of who we are. Because if we're Christians, we should be people who are part of the ecclesia, part of the church in Greek. But that word means assembly. And the assembly has existence outside of when everybody is actually gathered together. However, what kind of assembly is there that does not assemble? When we say that we're part of the assembly it very much makes sense that we would be expected to assemble. Can you imagine saying, yeah, I'm part of such and such uh, gathering group. Well, how often do you get together? I don't really get together with them at all. 
Well, then how is it a gathering group if you never gathered with them? And likewise, what kind of assembly is it if we're not assembling? I think a lot of people want to make it out to be, and maybe you've said this as well, because God commanded me to. When we look at, well, where did God command that? People often turn to Hebrews 10 and verse 25. And Hebrews 10 and verse 25 is a very, very important passage. But when we consider what the Hebrews author is doing there, we need to be very careful about what we're talking about and how he's using these terms. So in Hebrews chapter 10, the Hebrews author is kind of reaching the crescendo of the whole argument and the uh, persuasion he's been trying to do with the people he's been speaking to throughout the entire book. The entire letter leads us to this. And he begins in verse 19 and says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the assurance of that faith brings, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed in pure water. And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess, for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so, because you see the day drawing near. So he builds this up with because Jesus has done all this, because God has acted so powerfully in Jesus and done all these things that have allowed for our salvation, the Hebrews author then gives us three things we're supposed to do. We are to draw near to God and receive the cleansing and the relationship that comes from him. We are to uh, hold fast or unswervingly to our hope because God who promises faithful. And we are to consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. As a subset of that last one, is to not neglect the meeting together, the synagoguing of yourselves. Literally, synagoguing is the verb being used, epi-synagoguing. And so it's the coming together of ourselves. And again, not abandoning those, to not abandoning these meetings. Uh, it is an exhortation. We are not to abandon these meetings. We are not to, first, for, to completely neglect the assembling of ourselves together. But there are a few things that we really need to remember when this, this verse is being used so we don't distort and abuse what the message of the Hebrews author is. First of all, he is not limiting this to what we would consider the weekly assembly. It is the gathering together. Would that include our assembling together? Absolutely. But it would also include other smaller, perhaps more informal gatherings as well. And as we can see here, it's all der deriving from this point of taking thought of how we can stir up one of our love and good works. Remembering that the assembly is supposed to be this time where we are encouraging and building one another up. And so the Hebrews author kind of has these, these forms of reinforcement where we expect that a Christian who is frequently assembling with his fellow Christians or her fellow Christians, spending time with fellow Christians, especially outside the assembly context, is going to be continually strengthened and encouraged in their faith and will hold firm. But what happens if a Christian no longer assembles? And even beyond no longer assembling, has very little engagement and very little connection, does not meet together at all in any context with fellow Christians. Well, they're going to be in the world, they're going to be, you know, going through the difficulties and, and, and challenges, of just the grind of life, and it may lead them to kind of start flagging in their uh, confidence in the hope that we have. And then it becomes very easy for them to no longer draw near to God, but to pull away from God. 
and so everything else starts to unravel uh, because of that first no longer connectivity with fellow Christians. That's what the Hebrews author is concerned about. The Hebrews author is not saying if you don't go to church every single time the door is open, you are less of a Christian. He's He's saying that be very on guard against completely neglecting and abandoning your people because it's going to lead to perhaps some pretty bad consequences. And it, it helps us hopefully to get beyond a framework. See, these questions that we're talking about, uh, even asking, why do you assemble? Why do you go to church? We're going to have all these reasons that we're going to give, right? But we want to challenge ourselves today in our conversation and, and dig deeper and dig into so much more of the, 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 the frameworks that we've built and especially that framework where I go to worship God and make it all about the uh, vertical relationship or here, I go because I've been commanded to where it's turned into an obligation and it's done independently of the people around you. When throughout the New Testament, there is glory given to God, and we're not trying to suggest that there is no vertical connection, but the assembly, the way construed in the scriptures, is designed to be an opportunity for mutual encouragement and refreshment. That it's not an obligation, but a blessing. It is not something that uh, should become a burden, but should be, be a joy. It's very similar to what God intended for the Sabbath. And we can see with what Jesus had to do with all the uh, religious authorities about how they had turned the Sabbath, which was supposed to be this time of refreshment and liberation, had turned it into a burden with all of these guidelines and laws and people were just scared to death that if they took one wrong step, they would find themselves you know, condemned because of these things. So what Jesus goes and says that the Sabbath was not made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Excuse me, Sabbath was made for man in Mark chapter 2. And the same principle applies for the assembly. That it's not this fixed thing that's just there that becomes this burden for Christians that we have been made for it, but the assembly is made for us to our encouragement, our growth, our something that we should want to be at. Something that we should want to spend time at because we're with our people. And therefore, if we have more than one week, we want to be there because we want to be with our people and strengthen our people and be strengthened by our people. And that should be the core motivator for everything that we're doing here. We want to glorify God. We want to honor what God has done for us in Christ, but we need to make sure that we don't twist this into some kind of uh, checkbox, because that's what's going on. A lot of times, Christians are judged by if they show up to church or not. And people may not want to admit it, but the real answer to why do I, why do you go to church is, well, I'm checking off the box of religion for the week. I'm putting in the demonstration that I am a quote-unquote faithful Christian because I have gone to church this week. Which is the barometer that a lot of people use. That you can see all kinds of situations where we talk about the spiritually weak as those who are not assembling with fellow Christians, and that the spiritually strong or the mature are the ones who are. And yet, many times the ones who are in the building can very often not be manifesting many of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. May have all kinds of forms of sin in their lives that they aren't willing to deal with, and, and, and have become arrogant, haughty, and presumptuous because they have maintained the exterior of the faith, but are not really cultivating the real true relationship with Jesus and, and, the demon, and the walking in the way of the Spirit that should be uh, demonstrated by someone who has been participating in religion to that effect. And throughout the scriptures, both in the Israel and among the, in the kingdom of Jesus, we have plenty of examples of times where God, look, I'm not here for your service. I don't care about your sacrifice anymore because it's not being done with the right heart. It's being done for show. It's being done so that you feel like you're satisfied. It's not being done to glorify or honor me. It's not being done according to my purposes. 
And that's why we always got to check ourselves and always got to question ourselves and challenge ourselves. Why are we going to church? If we're not going to church, why aren't we going to church? What, what is hindering us from participating in the life of the people of God? Is it because we're addressing the hurt and difficulties we've been going through? Is it because we've been hurt or because we've had bad experiences? Um, is it because we're going through a moment of crisis of faith? How can we connect back to the people of God in some way so that we can honor the purposes of the Hebrews author and realize that the Hebrews author is writing this not as a burden but to encourage us who have grown weary in our faith that it is very important to not neglect our meeting, to take that time to stir up one of the love and good works, to be reminded why we are uh, holding fast to our faith and our hope and that we are drawing near to God. Why are we living the Christian life as? Why are we serving Jesus in general? All of these things are good things for us to reflect on, things for us to consider. And our hope and prayer is for you to deeply consider these things, really dig deeply and ask, why are we doing what we're doing? Why am I going to church? Why am I participating in these things as a way of testing ourselves, make sure that we're in the faith, that we're glorifying God, and we haven't just uh, fallen into patterns that may seem like they're healthy, but are not really advancing the purpose of drawing closer to God and His people, which is what God is all about in Christ. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear any questions, comments, or issues you're having. Any way we can be of service, please reach out to us in the comments or at VeniceRichChrist.org. And may the Lord bless and keep you until we're able to meet again.